Hello and welcome to episode 19 of the MedTech Podcast. You join me, your host, Karandeep Singh Badwell. And on this episode, we have Meritel Martinez, co-founder of the BME Life and Regulatory Affairs Consultant at the Medical Device Academy. Having studied biomedical engineering at the University of Texas, San Antonio, she had quickly realized how much of an interdisciplinary field it is combining both biology and engineering principles, hence had decided to co-found the BME Life which is a community of biomedical engineers where professionals and students share resources such as career concepts, industry news, and the different opportunities available to have current and future biomedical engineers navigate their career. Mary started her own career within engineering, working within a medical devices startup specializing in medical treatments for orthopedic surgeries, and now works as a regulatory affairs consultant for a medical devices consultancy. On this episode, she discusses the various different industries biomedical engineers can consider outside of medical, such as aerospace or automotive, unconventional methods she has used to find roles throughout her career, how to find out what the various different career choices you can have with your education, which areas within the USA are most appealing for biomedical engineers, why she created the BME Life, and the plans for future content. Welcome to the show, Mary. How are you today? Good, thank you. Thank you for having me. No, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. So for the listeners today who may not know you, what is the BME Life and how did you come up with the idea for the platform and what opportunities has it brought you away since you started it? So the BME Life mainly started as a YouTube channel. It's kind of developed into a so- social media platforms across you know the different Instagram, Twitter, and and so on. Um, But it's basically a community where we try to inform more than anything the younger generations about careers in biomedical engineering. Since it's a relatively new field, we thought it was really important to just encourage people out there to pursue this degree because I'm really passionate about it. I think we can uh, achieve a lot of great things with more biomedical engineers in this world. So that's definitely why we try to encourage uh, young students to pursue it. And as far as what opportunities it's brought me, I mean, it's been a lot, I'm I'm in this podcast, right? It's like awesome to be featured with great people like you. Um, And then it's just been a good excuse for me to use when it comes to networking with people. You know, sometimes as we all know, the professional world is highly driven by being able to network and networking is is just extremely important. So to me, as a maybe timid or shy person, it's been a huge help to just be able to use it as an excuse to network with other people, whether it's professionals that I would like to interview or maybe it's students that are seeking advice Um, But it's definitely brought so many great opportunities from meeting students that need help to actually lending my this current job that I have. I think uh, it's been great. So, so, yeah. How exactly does someone get into biomedical engineering? So what are the degrees that they should look into and what are the best options in terms of job roles? So there is a degree for, you know, biomedical engineering, which is the one that I took. There's also a degree called bioengineering, which is basically the same thing. 
But there are also other kinds of degrees that could eventually lead you into the biomedical engineering world. For example, a, a mechanical engineer, an electrical engineer, those could eventually end up in a medical device industry, which is technically, you know, biomedical engineering. Um, but, but yeah, there's definitely like a focused field of study called biomedical engineering that is just, you know, leads right onto it. And I mean, it, it, I think biomedical engineering is kind of like deceivingly um, specialized or it can seem like it's highly specialized and focused, but in reality, at the same time, it's very broad. It is definitely multidisciplinary and someone who's looking into getting into or, or is seeking a biomedical en engineering degree or, or wants to do biomedical engineering related uh, work then you'd start looking into like the medical device industry is definitely the most um, popular. And then you have things like research institutions, then there's like regulatory agencies, and then some biomedical engineers do go into the pharma industry, not too many, but there are some that do go into there. And then there's like miscellaneous industries that will take biomedical engineers now and there. For example, um, aerospace companies like NASA in the US, um, they do some biomedical research, but applied in space exploration. So uh, biomedical technologies can be used in, definitely can be used in, in other industries outside of what you would think uh, is solely for medical purposes. You started your career in biomedical engineering, and as you touched on earlier, you now work as a regulatory consultant within medical devices. Mm -hmm. How did that journey go for you, and why did you eventually decide on getting into regulatory affairs? So when I was a student in biomedical, doing my biomedical engineering bachelor's degree, um, I think it was maybe a year before I graduated, I decided to take an internship at a medical device startup. And prior to that, I only had research experience, which at the time I thought was the only thing that biomedical engineers could do. Uh, but then I wanted to explore like the professional industry specifically for medical devices. And so that's when I started seeking for internships and I got my first one at this startup. And, you know, a great thing of being part of a startup is that you just get to wear so many hats. I mean, I was like when I was there, it was me, two other students who were interns and then just like one engineer and then the two founders. So it was a very small, close knit company and you really get to do a lot of different things get to learn about the different areas of the medical device industry just because there's not enough people to you know usually if you are in at a big company then you have a very specific specialized role but when you're in a startup company you get to learn a little bit of everything so when I first came in you know it was a lot of uh, manufacturing and testing the devices, writing protocols for assemblies, for testing, things like that. And then your responsibilities really evolve with the startup according to their needs. So 
my responsibilities definitely evolved. We went from manufacturing and writing protocols to maybe dealing with some quality procedures at some time. And then being in meetings with like the medical board of directors, performing usability studies. And that's when we started touching more on the use on the, sorry, excuse me, the regulatory side. You know, when obviously the, the, the goal of, I would say almost every medical device company is putting their device in the market. So as we were getting closer to that goal, we started doing more regulatory activities and then eventually getting to, you know, put together our 510K submission for the FDA. So that's when I started like testing the waters on regulatory. And when I first started, I just really enjoyed it from the beginning. I mean, I just loved the idea of learning the rule book. Like I just thought like regulatory is like, oh, I'll just have to learn the rules and create strategies. And like, it's science and it's law and it's like rules. <laughs> I don't know. I just really enjoyed all that together and really wanted to learn more about that outside of, you know, the startup company. So that's when I started seeking for a regulatory consultant somewhere um, that needed some help just so that I could learn more about that and see if that's a, a field that I wanted to pursue. So that's when I reached out to my current company and they happened to be interested in hiring an intern. So I got an internship in the regulatory firm and now I work full time here. So I, I've enjoyed it so far. I've enjoyed working with different medical device companies and helping them you know, get their devices to market. I think it's been an amazing experience. I agree with you and I might sound biased, you know, regulatory, of course, is a fantastic yeah. job to take on. And I think you probably had this too. When you try to explain to family and friends specifically what you do, it's kind of hard to put into words what regulatory is, because like you said, you wear so many hats. You know, you were advisor at one point the other day, you know, you could be dealing with the FDA. The other time you could be on a label. There's just a big variety of what regulatory can actually be. Definitely. Yes, totally agree. So following on from that, for the students out there looking for internships, the traditional routes, of course, you know, to go online or maybe partner with a university. Do you have any other methods that you would recommend for those students where perhaps if they're finding it hard using those traditional methods to get any results? Yeah, personally, I've never gotten results from online applications. So I almost feel like they're not real somehow of course not but I know some people get them but I think the best thing to do is like I said earlier like networking going to events while you're a student there's so many events there's career fairs there's like luncheon events there's tours of facilities where you could meet the actual people who are working at those companies and then eventually introduce yourself um, there's also like organizations for example at uh, my university, there was like a society for Hispanic engineers, um, society for black engineers. And then there was just like so many, like for biomedical engineers, for chemical engineers, like there's so many focused societies. And those will typically also just uh, have their own conferences, like national conferences, which you could attend being part of that uh, society and companies also go there and, and you can network there as well. Um, but you know, now in, in today's day and age, or 
hopefully we're getting out of it. But during the pandemic, we kept getting this question of, okay, how can we network if we're not really able to have that face-to-face um, -face interaction? And honestly, I think LinkedIn is a great tool. I mean, you have nothing to lose. You just send a little message from the comfort of your home um, and you could reach out as to many people as you would want and, and you can search for people at specific companies or you could search for people for with this ex, like specific roles that you're interested in, ask them more about their roles and what they like, what they don't like. So I think, LinkedIn is a great online tool for networking. And I think every student should be using that because I think when I first started using LinkedIn, I would kind of just connect with people and like never talk to them, but that is completely wrong. Like you should always interact, try to interact with your connections and always be looking for who's gonna be someone new that I could meet and could potentially open a door. So I would definitely recommend that. I agree with you on that point, because when I tell students to make LinkedIn profiles, they're like, oh, well, you know, I don't have a job at the moment. I don't, you know, necessarily have a career. But I said, well, in your head, Don, you can always put I'm a biomedical engineering student seeking a role yeah. within regulatory or whatever that might be. And the trick, I think you know this, Mary, too, is you need to build a network before you need it. You know, you don't go out there and get a job and try to build mm -hmm. a network afterwards. You need it before you actually go into that career. And I think with LinkedIn as well, and the beauty of it is you can look at old alumni of your university or your college, and you can see what they're doing five years from now. So I know a lot of students are often confused saying, okay, where can my degree take me? You may then realize that, oh, this person did this degree and now they're working in this particular field. And that just opens opportunities for you. And it's much better used than other forms of social media, such as Facebook or Instagram, which is great for alumni or connecting with friends. But from a professional network, you know, LinkedIn is, is the key here. Yeah, I definitely agree. And, and I think sometimes as a student and specifically because I, I experienced it myself, like with biomedical engineering, I thought the only thing I could do was research. But then it's, it's through hearing other people's stories and what they do, those people above you, like five years later, like you said, what are they doing? Is that something I'm interested in doing? So I think that's the best way of really trying to discover what is it that you want to do. Common question I often get from our followers, and I'm guessing you've had this too, is should further studies be pursued? You know, are masters and PhD degrees necessary in this modern age, or do you believe a bachelor's is enough for this sector? That is a great question. I, I believe a bachelor's is enough for a biomedical engineer. However, that's not to say that getting a master's or PhD wouldn't be beneficial. I do think getting an advanced degree would help you escalate the ladder quicker. quicker sorry. Um, so definitely recommend that. But I do, I have heard and I do believe also that, you know, it's, sometimes it's easy, especially for people who are doing their bachelor's in BME. Um, they think, oh, well, my master's will just be in BME and I should get a master's because I'll get paid more. And I think students should put a pause after their bachelor's. And I'm talking specifically for biomedical engineers. It could apply to other industries as well. But I've seen this being really helpful for BMEs because you're getting your bachelor's in BME 
And you should really give yourself some time to get into the industry, see what it's like, see what your coworkers have degrees in. You know, maybe right now you're an engineer, but maybe you'll want to get a little bit of business, a little bit of, you know, management, marketing, other areas that you would like to add on to your already biomedical engineering knowledge. So I think it's really important for students to, yes, masters are good and there can be they can be beneficial, definitely, but you shouldn't just take whatever masters you think would be good. Like, I think you should go into the workforce, see what you like, see what you would have liked to learn during your undergraduate studies, and then pursue that as, as a master's degree. Like, there's so much fluidity in the real world. I, I think people tend to forget that. I think you think, oh, well, I studied engineering, then my master's has to be the same thing. No, you should use your master's as an opportunity to, to complement your undergraduate degree. Uh, at the same time, you know, it really depends on the role. You know, if you're thinking of doing research um, at a university, for example, like becoming a professor, being in academia, then a PhD is like, a must-have, like you, you have to have a PhD in biomedical engineering or whatever area you're thinking of doing your, your research on. So it also really depends on the role that you're seeking, you know, whether you need a PhD or a master's. But I would say in general, for someone who's in engineering and thinking of going into the industry, a bachelor's is enough, but you should definitely be thinking, if, if you'd like to get an advanced degree in in something else just so you could expand your knowledge, um, go up the ladder quickly, quick, sorry, I'm having a trouble with that word, uh, quicker. Um, so yeah, hope that answers that question. So for somebody who's maybe planning on moving into the USA to work within biomedical engineering, which regions of the USA should they look into? And what are the desirable skills or experience that somebody should consider in order to improve the chances of getting a role there? So that is a great question and specifically important for biomedical engineers because we tend to get a lot of comments saying like, oh, I've heard it's really hard to find a job as a biomedical engineer. Is it true? And I think it really also depends on your area. You know, like not every area will be the same. Well, they won't have like the same demand. So I always point to the, at least for the United States, like I always point to the Bureau of Labor Statistics because that's really where, where you get your data. And from what I've seen there, like the most popular states for the biomedical tech industries are places like, or states like California, Massachusetts, Texas, Florida, Pennsylvania, Minnesota, Colorado, and Maryland. So those are definitely your top states. And, you know, when I was considering pursuing biomedical engineering, I had to make the decision to, to move somewhere to, to pursue that degree. So if you're somewhere where maybe it's not in so much demand, that's definitely something that you know, people should be considering to just move to somewhere where they could find more opportunities. So that that's definitely a thing. And then what kind of skills are desired? I would say that's also very dependent on, you know, the role that you're seeking, because if as a biomedical engineer, you want to go into research, 
then you want to have research skills like wet lab um, experience with like cell culture, electro spinning, things like that. So that's like very technical, like research skills. But then if you're thinking of going into the medical device industry, then it could also be broken down into areas. So if you're thinking of quality, then you'd like to be familiar with quality procedures, familiar with like the applicable ISO standards or regulations. Um, likewise, if you're thinking of going into regulatory, then you want to have some experience with regulatory submissions, strategies, things like that. Um, as far as, you know, like more like technical skills, like if a lot of people ask, like, what about like design? Um, that's definitely something about medical engineer could do. And if you're interested in doing that, you should get those skills outside of schoolwork because some of these skills are not necessarily in your curriculum. Like for example, SolidWorks design, um, programming, things like that. Those are skills that people could be interested in and they'd want a role related to that. But you kind of most of the time have to get those skills outside of work or, or outside of school if you're thinking of um, pursuing biomedical engineer. But ultimately, the skills really depend on the role that you're seeking. So again, going back to the LinkedIn, um, creating a LinkedIn profile, that's where you'd want to search people, see what kind of skills they have, what kind of roles they, they had in their their work. I, I remember I used to be like, well, still am a big fan of Apple and how they have this Apple watch like with like their ECG technology. And I was like, oh man, like one day I want to work at Apple. But then you start looking at all the, the job descriptions and like they're very specific with the skills that they want. So you definitely, you know, if you have a dream company, a dream role, then look at the skills that they're, they're asking for and just work on them, work on getting them. Um, as far as soft skills, I think they're very, you know, like same for almost every industry, just having good communication skills, written and oral. Um, then it's like uh, just working hard, having that eagerness to learn. And, and yeah, I, I think those are all just good skills to have overall. You studied, worked, and as far as I'm aware, still based in Texas. Are you seeing a growth within the medtech industry in that state, especially with so many companies and, you know, the big migration from California? Yes, we definitely noticed some Californians coming over here. I'm not too sure about, you know, medtech companies migrating to Texas. I haven't been a witness personally of that. I wouldn't be surprised if they have. Um, but yeah, definitely like Texas is a great hub for startups. I've seen a lot of startups here. I think um, actually in Houston, Texas, there's like a J&J &J incubator lab for startups. Um, I mean, Houston also has like the biggest medical center in, in Texas, if not the US. Or I might be wrong, but at least in Texas. So I know it's huge and in Overall, Texas is just a, a good hub for medical device companies. And I've seen a lot of startups here. And every time I go on LinkedIn and I find a startup, I'll click on it and I'm like, oh, wow, they're local. Like, that's crazy. So, 
so yeah, I think it, Texas is a good place to be. Um, statistically speaking, it's not technically the best. The best would be California, definitely. Um, so, but it's still a, a great place, I think. Uh, so yeah. What's next for the BME life? Are you planning more content, possibly in-person events, or are you looking to maybe grow it in a completely different direction altogether? Um, you know, I think the BME life has definitely been growing with me as, as I've been growing. It started as a channel where I was showing students what being a biomedical engineering student is like. Now that I'm not a student, you know, I, I would like to share a little bit more about the professional world. But eventually I would kind of want to go back to just sharing everything. You know, what is it like for a student? What is it like for you as a professional? Maybe adding more people to the team would be really nice just to get those firsthand experiences. Um, I think uh, we're definitely planning on starting something new where we share more content specifically for entrepreneurship. So we're thinking of starting like a series of, of video podcasts with some startup companies. So I think that that would be really fun and, and really um, just good for people who are interested in, in entrepreneurship, which is another topic, you know, that is also related to biomedical engineering. And yeah, I think other than that, it's definitely a dream of ours to someday host a conference, whether it's virtual or in person. I think that would, that would be amazing. But as for now, you know, just growing our content, sharing more information to help both students and, and professionals is, is definitely our goal. So we've discussed the many reasons why biomedical engineering is such a good career choice. But are there perhaps any reasons of why somebody should not consider it? Yes, definitely. Um, I mean, I think like the main reason or the main you know thing that you should consider is that biomedical engineer, but biomedical engineering is a very like multidisciplinary slash interdisciplinary field. So you learn a little bit of everything. You won't really graduate having a deep knowledge of any one subject. So that's a thing that I feel can, you know, make some people feel not so great about biomedical engineering. Um, but I personally enjoy it. But if you're someone who wants to have a deep knowledge of biology or physiology, anatomy, things like that, then I would recommend going to like biomedical science instead. Or if you really want to get more deeper knowledge of mechanical systems, design, things like that, then you'll go into mechanical engineering. If you want to work with electronics uh, or programming, you know, then you do electrical or computer engineering. So that's the thing of, of biomedical engineering that you learn a little bit of everything because your job at the end of the day is really trying to combine all those things together and apply it to medical technologies. So that's why it's important to at least be able to, to communicate throughout those different worlds. Um, and I think that's the ultimate role of a biomedical engineer to be that link between the medical professionals, the engineers, and just be able to work across the different worlds in between those two. So, so yeah, definitely if, if, if you're someone who's seeking deep knowledge in a specific area, then you should think of 
pursuing a degree that's more specialized. Um, other than that, let's see. I think if obviously if you don't enjoy math, science, engineering, then don't consider it. Uh, we have a lot of people asking like, oh, should I do biomedical engineering if I'm not good at math? I think being good at something can be um, relative, you know, like, so if, if you're scared because you're not good at something, you could always get better, you know, you could work into it and, and struggle a little bit to, to be able to pass your classes and get the concepts. But if you absolutely hate math or science or engineering, then it's definitely not the role for you. Um, and then another thing too, is that if you're someone who's pursuing biomedical engineering, once you graduate, you'll definitely be competing not only with other biomedical engineers, but also with mechanical engineers or people with other degrees. So you definitely want to be aware of, you know, the high competition and also um, how do you counter that competitiveness? It's with outside experience right like so you should be willing to not only do your school work but also think about getting outside experience whether it's through internship research joining organizations whatever it is but you definitely have to you know be willing to to put the extra work outside of, of school your career as a regulatory consultant and running the bme life clearly occupies a lot of your time what do you get up to outside of work? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I currently have a seven-month-old puppy, so that definitely takes a lot of time for me. Uh, just enjoy walking him. Uh, other than that, I am a musician at heart, not really trained too much. I just know very basic stuff, but I do enjoy making music every now and then. Um, or at least just playing and singing is definitely a hobby of mine. But overall, I'm a very relaxed person. Um, most of the time you'll find me in the couch watching a new Netflix show, um, being on social media. But, but yeah, <laughs> that's overall what I'm into. I've started to get a little bit into cooking, but we'll see how that goes. What one piece of advice would you leave the listeners with today? One piece of advice. Um, I mean, if I could put it in one sentence, I would say, don't forget to network and don't forget to get that experience outside of school. Um, I think those two things are, are very, very important. But I also want to say that, um, you know, in careers, uh, regarding like engineering or science, it can be a little frustrating or at times you can feel like everyone else is better than me. Why, why would I want to try to do that? But I think something that I realized during my first year of engineering is that everyone felt the same way. You always feel like everyone is so much better, so much smarter. Why would I even try? But the reality is that everyone or mostly everyone has those thoughts and you are capable of doing whatever you want as long as you really want it and you really put the work into it. So I just want to tell everyone, you know, if, if you really want to pursue um, a 
career in the medical device industry in regulatory affairs, research, whatever it is, you can do it. Um, use those skills that we talked about today, LinkedIn, look at people. Honestly, that's also like a, a great, great advice. And that's something we do or we try to do at the Be Me Life. Like we have podcasts with other professionals just to share their experience in, you know, having their biomedical engineering degree and how that led them into the professional industry. So definitely, you know, research people to get an idea of what is it that you want to do. Don't be afraid to reach out to people. You know, I'm sure they'd be willing to help you. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's my advice for all the listeners. Mary, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. And I'm sure that the listeners have enjoyed it too. And I thank you very much for your time. Awesome. Well, thank you. I, I think it's been great. I hope um, some of this information can can help the listeners and and don't feel um, don't be scared to reach out if, if anyone has any questions. I'll definitely be here to help. Thank you for listening to episode 19 of the MedTech podcast. If you have not already done so, please subscribe. If you wish to learn more about Mary, you can connect with her on LinkedIn or visit her website, thebmelife.com or visit her YouTube channel, the links of which are provided in the description. If there are any particular topics or guests you'd like for me to have on the show in future, then feel free to send me a message and connect with me on LinkedIn.